I already got a feeling that, like, Jim Nance, the moment, like, Cam's on the back nine and, like, it's starting to get a little boring, he's going to start telling people about Cam's trucks because it feels like everybody wants, loves storylines. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. all of a sudden, you come on tour and it's like, what's his storyline that we can only talk about? I when you just say, my truck's faster than Sam's. Yeah, That's right. all you need to say. <laughs> Don't my truck makes 300 more horsepower Fake than Sam's. Is this true? No. No. What truck do you got? not. He's lying. And he knows it. <laughs> He's so bullshit right now. You want me to pull up the dino sheets? Yeah. You want to see the 723 horsepower dino sheets? We can race. <laughs> Tell me when you're ready. This is the best one. Yeah, I'll race and give you five I don't, I don't race fair, though. I mean, I may run you off the road or something. There's right. got to be a place near Sacramento that's got a little strip open road. No, we just, we just go, we're just going to the back road in West Texas. I mean, good, old, good old West Texas. Yeah. Get us out there. Hello and welcome to the golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. Joined again, as almost as always now, it's kind of frequent that you join me, Dylan DeChair on the other side of the table here. We are on a roll. Yeah. Uh, Dylan and I, about a month ago now, went down to Mexico for the Mayacoba event. And we had a, about a week almost down there in uh, just south of Cancun. Uh, and we spent some time for a cover shoot with three of the young up-and-coming stars of the PGA Tour. Cam Champ, who you definitely know really well. Joaquin Neiman, the youngest and most talented, I think, in my eyes, uh, player on the PGA Tour. And then Sam Burns, the guy who's just kind of been, you know, elite on every level he's played on. Um, We spend a lot of time with them, actually. Sometimes on the course, sometimes off the course. Super chill vibes. And, uh... Yeah, we're going to have a conversation with all of them and us in a little bit here. But before we go to that, let's talk about why we chose these guys. This actually ended up coming together pretty perfectly. And you laid it out a little bit. Camp Champ has been famous, at least in golf circles, for a little while now. Just for, oh, he hits the ball so far. He's obviously more than that. We saw that at the Sanderson. We've seen that in super consistent performances in the last couple months on the PGA Tour. But obviously being in the winner's circle helps. Neiman, again, speaks for itself. He, he came in. He was big time at the Masters. He was favored to be the, the low am there. Clearly showed that he was a stud by getting his full PJ Tour card just through sponsors exemptions this summer. Yeah. People don't do that very often. No. The only other people that have done that are John Rahm and Jordan Spieth. So, I mean, you are in pretty elite, like, young gun territory, Neiman is. And then Sam Burns has just been the best at essentially every level that yeah. he's been at. And he was the top recruit in his high school class before he went to LSU. Uh, he was a stud at LSU. He somehow got left off the Walker Cup team. Yeah, that was a big deal. But, you know, we expect this guy, you know, everyone really got introduced to him um, when he played with Tiger Woods. And we do get into that with Sam, which is pretty awesome to hear him talking about that. But, He's burst onto the scene, and he, he's been up and down, but I just expect water to kind of find its level when it comes to Sam, and he'll be out here for a while. Totally. Now, the ironic part is that this is the January 2019 issue of Golf Magazine. We got these three studs on the cover. Uh, you, you rewind 17 years in the January 2002 issue. Uh, oh, baby. has the huge Young Guns headline, 
Charles Howell is on the cover. Let's go. You've got five other guys who have their profile pictures on the cover. And basically, their talk, the, the whole story was about how the youth injection into the game. I mean, we go through these eras in which we've got new youth coming up and dominating on tour. Also on the cover was Aaron Badley, Luke Donald, Bryce Mulder, Adam Scott. And who's this Gossett guy? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Vaguely. Either way. No comment. Yeah, no comment. If you look at that group, I think you probably got four out of six are hits. Two of the six are became world number one. You've got Adam Scott as a Masters champion, who really should probably be a at least a two-time, perhaps three-time major champion. Yeah, maybe still. Yeah, I mean, there's still there's still plenty of time. But, but yeah, it, the, that was the irony is that 17 years ago we had a Young Guns feature, and now we've kind of taken a stab at putting more Young Guns on the cover of the magazine, perhaps before their more elite veterans have, you know, risen on the PGA Tour. And uh, I think I'm pretty confident in all these guys. Definitely. And I think part also where this idea partly came from is, look, we are still talking about the youth movement of the PGA Tour, but the the youths are getting older. Youths. The youths. Jordan Spieth is married man. Ricky Fowler is going to gonna turn 30. To just, be clear, being married has nothing to do with age, but... Well, there is Speed's twenty five. There's a correlation. JT's twenty five. Ricky's these, about to be thirty. Rory's about to be thirty. These guys are getting a bit older. And look, there's a new wave that's gonna come replace these guys. And so we took a stab at, at saying, here's a few of those guys. What stood out to you? One of my favorite parts, most most interesting parts, was talking about social media, right? Mm-hmm. Because that has been such an integral part of being an athlete, being a public figure in the last 10 years. And it's been, changed okay, so, so many Twitter, times. Instagram, etc. Yeah, and I think for a few years, understandably, all these guys got rabbit ears about, you know, being so dialed into everything people are saying about them. You can't avoid your press clippings. You can't avoid your mentions. And yet, we asked these guys, do you read stuff about yourself do you check your mentions do you read the comments they're all like hell no <laughs> no way and i'm not sure i totally believe them but even having that mindset shows the that. evolution a little bit i think i believe them i think you can only be that way for so long either you start that way like these guys are and eventually you kind of want to see what people are saying because you've become more famous or more infamous or you started super naive and you read it all and then you learned like I don't want to I don't want to read this anymore. That definitely stood out to me as well. What also stood out to me is just how freaking young Neiman is. Like yeah. We knew this going in, but when we met him, he's 19 years old. He turned 20 the next day. On the second day of being 20 years old, he just goes out there there, there and casually shoots a little 5 under against a bunch of guys who've been doing this for a living for a long time. I mean, Neiman should be a sophomore in college right now. I wild. Mean, yeah, that that is kind of wild. A junior at the most. And so that's something that we will probably, I mean, once he wins an event, that's when people will be like, holy cow. But at this point, there are only six people on the PGA Tour who have a longer streak of made cuts in a row than Joaquin Neiman. That's incredible. They're all just a bunch of tour vets like Gary Woodland, Ricky Fowler, Tony Finau. But like he was a top 15 ball striker in the world as a 19-year-old. 
I mean, that's just pure talent. He's really, really good. And it, it drove home also that we're, we're on the younger side for golf media, people that are involved in this biz. I'm, I just turned 27. Sean's 26. We are like a full, whatever, half generation older than these guys in some ways, Neiman especially. And so that was just a reminder, like, look, these guys could be in college still, but here they are out there tangling with the best players in the world mm-hmm. and and doing really well lastly before we get to the convo i just wanted to to talk about how refreshing it was to be dealing with young players who haven't necessarily been scorned by the media yet or or have yeah they have not jaded yeah they're not jaded or they just don't have too many things going on or at least this week they didn't have too many things going on it was a chill event we wanted to have a chill photo shoot we wanted to have a chill conversation with them we laid that all out there it was going to be fun and unlike a lot of like the elite players on tour, they showed up ready to just kind of have a good time. I mean, Sam Burns is ready to crack open the Coronas. You're hanging in there as Neiman is chipping into a garbage can, and he kind of wanted to like shatter something with his wedge. Yeah. Champ shows up just... He got lost. He's like a half hour late because he's like lost on the property. Like it was just, it was very down to earth. And there were fewer handlers involved than sometimes there are. Yeah, and I think that's just when we're trying to do these things, we just kind of get lumped in, I guess, with the media. It's like, ah, oh, doing a photo shoot. We're going to talk to you. We're going to ask you all these tough questions. It's often easy for me to be like, oh, gosh, and a, you know, a photo shoot with Patrick Reed. He's not going to be that great. He's going to have to show up 15 minutes late and leave 15 minutes early. And yeah, this was just more refreshing, I guess. Yeah, it was fun. They were into it. Uh, they were down to, well, you know, you say tough questions, but I think we, I think we did ask some tough questions. We weren't trying to get at any sort of scandal, but we wanted to get into, okay, who are these guys? What is it like to be on the brink of PJ's tour stardom? You know, they're there, they're at the edge of big money, big fame, this lifestyle that goes along with it. What is that like? We know what these guys are like a little bit once they get there. What's it like to be right on the edge? Yeah, so how do you handle it? I'm excited for uh, for you guys to listen to this conversation, and I uh, hope you enjoy. Joaquin, let's start with you. No. <laughs> You're chosen. When you think back, like, the first time that you remember anything about golf, well, like, what is your first golf memory? Having a plastic golf, like a plastic stick, and I was swinging around inside my house and playing, like, with plastic balls going around the house. How old were you, do you think? I was like two years old, three years old. Yeah, I was pretty, pretty small. Do you remember that too? <laughs> no, wow. I, I, I have some image, impressive. some pictures. How are you, Cam? Well, the same for me. I was two years old. I don't know, Grandpa got me plastic clubs and then yeah. just kind of went from there. Yeah. Sam, anything different? Quite. Uh, yeah, so I had an older brother who's eight years older um, and an older sister who's nine years older. But I guess, you know, my first memory with a golf club was probably chasing my brother around, trying to hit him with it. Um, <laughs> not somebody trying to hit a golf ball, I would say, because yeah. you know how older siblings can be. But that's probably the first memory I had. And then I would, I would go out to the golf course with him and my dad. And that's kind of how I got started. And then when did you guys get, like, serious about golf? When did it turn from, oh, I play golf, to Was that pretty quickly? Um... A minute ago, I kind of played a lot of sports growing up. Um, 
football, baseball, kind of the big sports, basketball a little, and then I guess- Weren't you, weren't you more football for a time? Yeah, yeah, I almost played football instead. Um, I wasn't gonna play football my eighth grade year. Then I decided to play one more time and I loved it. Um, and then I kind of had to make a decision going into high school if I wanted to play golf or football. Yeah. And I decided I'd have a better chance in golf. Yeah. Um, so. I think you've proven that right. How about you boys? Uh, I, I thought I started playing a lot of soccer also in school. We call football, not like American football. But yeah, I played that on golf, but I always prefer more playing golf. And when I was like 15, 16, I switched school to like a really small school where you go like from 8 to 11 o'clock in the morning and then you can just go practice and do whatever you want. So you're just out there bleeding your so hands. So I on went the there since like eighth grade and didn't stay, didn't, didn't study anything, just play golf. So study it's golf. kind of good. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. What, like, is there a point when you're growing up when it like clicks and you're like, okay, people are starting to tell me that I'm not just a golfer, like I'm an elite golfer where it's like, okay, I can, I can chase the tour now. Is there a point when it clicks or is it like this progression thing? I, don't I, think. A, yeah. I mean, it's probably both, but I think more so just, <clears throat> just a progression. I mean, yeah. when you're, when we're 12 to 16, it's just really just maturing as a player and obviously as a person in general too. So guarantee it. That's at 16 versus what we are now. All right, so how about take me back just to the start of 2018 because it was just a year ago, but you guys were all in kind of different places. What was the roadmap for each of you at that point? Then we, we played the final round of Q School together, right? Mm, which was, yeah, we, that was, uh, when was that? December. That yeah, it, December? Was, it was just before this event when I came here. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we played the final round of Q School together. I remember on like the whole, <laughs> what I'm talking about already. <laughs> Old, uh, the old, like you chipped in on the par five. I chipped in the water. Yeah, in the water. Yeah, like eleven or twelve. Like we're both uh, pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Water. We're pretty, like, for sure in. But and then I chipped it in the water on the par, like literally chipped it in the water. And then I'm like, now I'm like one outside the cut line, I made double or something. And I birdied like the next five holes. Yeah, I was like, oh, great comeback. Um, yeah, so that's the start of 2018. We were playing Q school together. I uh, played pretty good that Q school. I played like hundred. 108, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're looking at it from your perspective then, is it like, is it intimidating? You're like, I know I'm gonna get probably seven sponsors exemptions. I know you had a couple like exemptions from, from college stuff. Do you like, at that point, are you like getting advice from people? Or you're like, that's my time to shine in those events or I have this backup plan of the web.com tour. How do you like plan it out? I don't know, I think, um... You know, obviously your starts are limited. You know that yeah. um, on the PGA Tour, and so I guess there's you can feel a little added pressure because you, in a sense, you know, you're trying not to think about it, but you know that you have to perform in a limited start to where other guys are getting, you know, un where they're playing 30 or 35 events compared to, you know, your five to seven or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think you know I don't know about for Cameron, but for me, definitely having you know the web.com of just a place to play. There's a lot of guys that come out of school and don't make it through Q school and then have no place to play. So it was definitely was, you know, knowing that we had a secure spot. Every oh yeah, I definitely nice. agree with that. Yeah. Like you said, knowing you have a place to play for a year to develop as a player coming out of college. Um, you know, professional golf is a lot different than college and amateur golf. It's two different worlds. What do you mean when um, you say that? Like, 
are there things that you could point to like that's way different or is it just, just everything in general just travel you're by yourself yeah the atmosphere of it the atmosphere you know this is your career now you're not playing for you know your school um you're playing for a lot more than that so it's just all those things built into one it's just for me personally it just seems um in that aspect just different yeah so how about the web compared to now being in the big show what are the biggest differences in vibe or schedule or just the general feeling of the web versus the PGA Tour? I'd say everything is just kind of magnified by 10. Yeah. You know, whether it's the crowd, um, you know, typically the golf courses are tougher, you'd say, huh? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, tougher in certain spots? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's some on the web.com that are, you know, very tough as well, but. You know, for the most part out here, I think, you know, you play tougher venues and you play venues that are, you know, well known like Pebble and Torrey Pond and stuff like that. Um, I just think growing up too, you know so much about the PGA Tour and you've watched these guys and so you get out here with them and it can be overwhelming at times. Yeah. I'm kind of curious when, I mean, you were able to secure your cards in the way that Spieth did and Rom did in that moment. Is it this huge sigh of relief? What yeah. do you feel in that yeah, moment? Yeah, I feel it's pretty good. I mean, my goal be, uh, beginning the year was to get into the web finals by the seven invites I will have in the PA Tour. And I start my first event really good. I finished six. So after that, I kind of like start thinking that I, oh, I, I still can make it to PA Tour like with seven invites, but I knew it was gonna be really tough. So I was just keep thinking on I was going to finals and try to get my cards from there. And yeah, after I, uh, more events coming, yeah. I played really good. And once I finished at the Greenbrier where I secured my card, it was a really nice week and really nice feeling also. Did you have a little party or no? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm too young, you know? <laughs> That's right, one more year. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for you guys on the opposite end of that, I guess if you know that you've got the web.com to fall back on, I guess, like, is it a huge disappointment when the sponsors exemptions don't work out in the way you want them to? How do you stay confident? Um, I mean, looking back on it, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the web was a lot better for me preparation just in general. I mean, I mean, like you said, you know, he played amazing in those starts, which, you know, it's very few people have done uh, in this game. But, like, I felt like when I got my first few starts, I didn't play well. You know, I felt like the web, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't like another plan. I mean, the plan was already there to go the web. It was almost a luxury. If you play well during these events, yeah. then you get your card. So, you know, for him to do that was amazing. Like I said, not many people have done that. But then also I felt like the web also prepares you, and it's a year-long thing, so you get, you know, a full season under your belt, um, you know, deal with pressures, deal with... Uh, Trying good, to learn how to win. Yeah, learn how to too. win, yeah. um, good momentum, bad momentum, you know, have, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's, I think it's up dramatically. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, in a way, I think it was, you know, I was close to getting my card through the starts, um, you know, but for me, I feel like it was kind of a blessing not to, you know, at that time, I didn't think that, but you know, now looking back on it, I think, you know, having a year on the web definitely helped me, you know, learn how to to win in professional golf. Um, you know, helped me 
kind of figure out who I was as a player more so than in college golf or in amateur golf. Cause it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I was glad that I had the year on the yeah. web. This is like one of those web.com ads now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I um, love the web.com tour. I want you guys to go around and, and say, uh, when you feel like you first made your big splash, like when was the first time where it was like, damn, golf all these paying people attention are to talking me now. about yeah. me and golf world's paying attention. I mean, mine has to be playing with Tiger with the Honda, I would say. I was wondering if you were um, going to agree with that, uh, yeah. that mentality. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd have to say that one over anything else. Do you guys remember else. hearing about that? Yeah, oh, I, I was watching that. <laughs> I was definitely watching that on TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was watching Tiger, not you. Yeah, <laughs> I just happened to be there. <laughs> And what was that like? Because Beat him. obviously it went pretty well. Yeah, it was uh, it was insane. I mean, just the whole atmosphere of how many people were there watching. Um, and, you know, for me, I felt kind of like a fanboy at times, just because I'd be kind of catching myself just you know watching Tiger Woods, who I watched about every shot growing up. Um, so just kind of surreal. And it was like a dream at the time, but. You know, looking back on it, it'll always be a cool story I'll have. Did you sleep the night before? Were you extra nervous, <laughs> or was it really just once you were actually Yeah, there? I think I was definitely nervous leading up to it. Um, but, I, you know, once we got out there after a few holes, you know, it's kind of just another another round of golf. It kind of settled into it. And did he talk to you much? I mean, yeah, he talked yeah. a lot. Um, I was kind of surprised how much he shared <laughs> and stuff with me, but it was, it was really cool. How about you, Cam? Is it, is it Aaron Hills, or is it... Is it two weeks ago? Is it your, your splash moment, you think? Um, I would definitely say probably Aaron Hills, honestly, just because it, what it led to after that for me personally. Just, uh, I don't know if it's what I gained was confidence or whatnot, but just that experience alone for me just kind of, I think, helped my game rise. Just for me personally, so. Were you guys aware and, of like, oh, Cam's making noise at Aaron Yeah, Hills, I was watching. Yeah, uh, it wasn't, I don't think it was, I know I played well the first two days, the last two days I didn't really play well, but. Um, you were what, like seventh going into the weekend or something? Yeah, yeah I played Aaron Hughes also, but yeah. I missed that guy, yeah. Yeah, I remember it. So you're on the leaderboard. Yeah. How about you, Joaquin? What was your first big splash moment? Do you, do you feel like there was one moment or? Yeah, I think when I just turned pro, I was, kind of wanted to know like what was going to feel like turn pro and I don't know if I was gonna have a good week or not. And it was really nice because my first week at the Valero, I finished uh, tied for six, so I think it could be that, that week. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I think approaching the tour at your age, I mean, I, w I moved to New York after college and I think New York City is like the craziest place and I'm like wide-eyed and real world and whatever. I think you guys probably, reach the tour at some point similar like do you have mentors out on tour that you reach out to do those things exist because I know everyone says they've got mentors but they don't always want to talk about it like do you guys have that I mean I've been lucky that I have been hanging out a lot with Sergio uh, I've been playing a lot with him a lot of practice round I play also at the master with him I mean I don't know if there are like many things that they tell you to do like to play better or not because like you already know what you have to do, but they just give you like, I mean, Sergio always tells me to just enjoy the game and whatever you do, just enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it definitely make you feel more comfortable, probably. Yeah, yeah. 
kind of lead by example, I guess, to yeah. some extent? Because did you find yourself like doing things a certain way because you've seen someone that you look up to do it? Well, that even way, if it's or? just as simple as like you get to a place and you have no idea where registration is, you're like walking around your club yeah. and you're like, I don't even know where the range is, I don't know where the putting green is. So I guess at times you can just kind of feel like you're did lost. Did that happen yeah. to you at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got here this week and I was like, I have no idea where to go. Like I walk in the clubhouse and I'm just looking around, kind of in circles. <laughs> and I asked one of the ladies, I'm like, I have no idea what registration is. Do you mind like telling me? And she's like, oh, it's downstairs. I'm like, all right, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah they dropped me off at your registration to come up here. And, yeah. yeah. It's, um, how about you, Cam? Is there anyone that you know that's older on tour that is, you know, you've gotten to know a little bit or? If not, then there isn't. Older, not really, Yeah. honestly. I mean, as far as mentors, probably just my coaches, really. That's probably. So Sean. Sean, man. The, uh, How's he helped you? Just, I mean, he's smart in many ways. Um, yeah. I think he's helped me more so mentally than he has swing ever. So, um, you know, how people think he's just a swing coach, he's a lot more than that. So, yeah. I think that's what's helped me dramatically. Does Sam Burns have a PGA Tour mentor? Um. I think I've relied a lot on David Toms. We're from the same town. We've been friends for a while and get best friends of the son. Um, you know, just asking questions and just being around him. He's he's very good about sharing information. Anything that stands out in your memory right now? I don't know if there's one certain thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just been over how many years, I don't know. But and like last week, Webb Simpson had some of the rookies over for dinner. That's cool. Um, so just little stuff like that. It's no big deal to them, but for us, it means a lot. Yeah, that's really cool. And how about just from a game standpoint, is there anyone that you say, because we were trying to figure this out for you guys last night, like, is there <laughs> anyone that you say, you know, he's projecting, Sam Burns is projecting to be the next X. So Joaquin, there is this obvious Sergio comparison. Because you guys are tight, you both wear Adidas, you both, you know, have somewhat similar style games. You guys you know, see yourselves at all that way or compare yourselves to people that way? I don't personally. You kind of grow up and play golf and everybody's always trying to compare you to someone else. Um, so I think, you know, for us, we're always trying to, you know, make it our own way and make it. Yeah, I agree with that. Is that hard to do? Is that hard to do? At times, probably, just because everyone's trying to compare you to someone and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, I mean, with media nowadays, they just want to sometimes stir things up at times. Guys like us. But just, just I don't mean by that. Just I like kind of take concepts and like word it kind of slightly. So it's mm -hmm. like that's why I think for us, we just I try to block out a lot of stuff now and don't worry about it. You know, just worry about what means the most to me. You know. Yeah, I think uh, Do you guys read about yourselves? Read stories that are written. And I don't very often. You read the no. comments, social media, you read your mentions? No, not at all. Nothing. No. Man, smart. Yeah. Poison. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're always going to have 10% haters and 90% yeah. is going to be likes. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. And most of the time, when you look at those people, they have about two followers. So it doesn't really mean much. Yeah. <laughs> so. And in your, I mean, in your mind, you know, they, the negative always just stands out. Right. Like yeah. when you're thinking back on it, I think the negative is always going to stand out, even though it probably is overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Uh, no, you guys are a year into it. <clears throat> Look back on the past year. What's your favorite part? What's like, this is why I, I love being on the tour. Or has there been a thing that stood out about your favorite part of being on tour? I think it's cool for like 
us being this age, like, you know, there's not a lot of guys out here that are young, you know, 20 to 22 or three. Um, so it's cool that we get to experience this together, um, you know, make, make friends and stuff out here and play practice rounds and stuff together just to share these experiences um, with one another. I think it's pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, you know, I know a lot of guys that are not, that are not out here, so, um, and a lot of them are very good players. So just like you said, for us to be able to do this, you know, be out here and have, you know, status, um, be able to play week to week. It's, I feel like sometimes I, I can definitely take it for granted and not really think about it. But, yeah. um, you know, when I kind of put it in, in perspective, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, doing, it's, very, it's really nice. It's obviously for every golfer, it's like a dream to be on PA Tour. So, yes, need to be grateful to be here and enjoy every moment. Yeah, how many 19-year-olds are on tour right now? One? <laughs> exactly. one and only for one yeah. more day. Yeah. Yeah. One more day. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you guys have risen so fast. You've been so good at every level. Like, have there been moments of doubt? Obviously, little moments of doubt, but, like, big moments of doubt of, you know, where you're wondering, oh, you know, am I good enough, I guess? Well, I think... Yeah. I think golf's always trying to do that too. I mean, it's always trying to get yeah. you to second guess yourself, and um, you gotta be prepared for that. And yeah, you have to be very mentally strong out here for sure. You know, because this is the best 125 players in the world, and so if you start thinking that you're not good enough, you know, they're probably not thinking that. You know, they're they're. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess that golf's always trying to get you to second guess yourself in a way. Oh yeah. I would agree with that. You have to believe in what you're doing for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played a couple of years out of college, like as far as the Canadian tour. I wasn't very good, but for sure, like that yeah. seemed like the most powerful factor. Is like once you start thinking, like, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm good enough to be here. That was probably the biggest determining factor. Yeah. What are you learning right now that you didn't know, or that you weren't learning like a year ago? Like, is there something about the tour that you're like kind of working your way through? Something about your game that you're working through? I think the tough part is like, because when I was an amateur, I didn't have like a lot of weeks in a row. So mm -hmm. right now I, I play really often. So I gotta be careful, like not to practice too much and like try to be more, I don't know how to say that, like more consistent every week. You gotta figure out a way to what does work better for you every day. Yeah, you have to be a lot more efficient with your time, I think. Yeah. I think that's really Extremely, important. I learned that one the hard way. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, just oh. the, first, the first few weeks, I was, I don't know what I, I really didn't have a day off and I was just worn out. So, um, and I played, didn't play too well either. So, um, but yeah, like you said, once you find something that fits you and um, yeah. when to practice, when to rest, um, when you know you're feeling tired, just take a break. Yeah, I think when you go to the golf course, yeah. go to do your work and, and get out of there. Get out of there. Yeah. You know, don't hang out all day and just mess around because you just wear yourself out. Totally. Especially here when it's 212 degrees. Yeah. yeah and is that the <laughs> toughest part, or what has been the toughest part of being on tour? I know you said your favorite part, but toughest part? I think the best part is laundry. Yeah. Laundry? Yeah. yeah. It's Talk really easy. You're struggling with that. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> on PA Tour, it's really easy. You just throw the clothes there and they put it in your locker. Yeah. <laughs> Tough, yeah. Can't you have someone doing your laundry for you? That shouldn't be an issue. I wish. Maybe once he's 20. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask him what you learned about winning on the tour level. You want to ask me that? or I don't want to ask Sam yet. You'll <laughs> get there. You'll get that question soon. Um, sure. What I learned about winning? Yeah. Did you learn something like winning on the tour versus winning on awesome. the web tour? I mean, like you said, it, like a few questions ago that I felt like I was good enough even in the position I was. Um, obviously, I played really well the first three days and had a rough front nine the last day. Um, you know, gave him my whole lead back and then um, I feel like if I, didn't make, I don't, if I don't make that putt on 10, I don't think I win, to be honest. So I made like a 12-footer for par. Um, and then kind of just let on, and obviously, my run. But I think it just never to give up, really, even though I really had everything going the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, never give up. And then, you know, like I said, one thing and led after another, and I got on a run and made a few clutch putts down the end um, to cap it off. So. It's a really good birdie on 18. It was. Wasn't trying oh to do that. Oh. Trying to Can hit you it do the that bunker. Again, <laughs> no. <laughs> trying to hit it in the bunker. I go, if I pull this, this might I be good. I remember up there behind and the I green. And I see your ball up there. I'm like, hmm, one, that's a good shot. I wonder how you got it to right there. And I asked him, I'm like, did he hit it from the fairway right there? And he's like, no, he's in the trees. I'm like, which side? And they're like, pointing. I'm like, no, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, we could hear you on TV. They were like saying, and I think you were saying like, yeah, let's just get in that front right. I was trying there. to hit in the bunker. I'm like, if I pull it, it'll, it might get on the green and pulled it seven feet. Pulled it just enough. Yeah. <laughs> Come park and do that shot again if you gave me 100 balls. You win, you had a huge check. And a year ago, I mean, maybe a year and a month ago, you weren't playing for money. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you handle that's the tricky. influx it's of this stuff? That's gotta be a tricky like, thing to deal with. Is it out of your hands? Like, do you get yes. advice from people? On oh how yeah, well, my team. I think we all have our teams. I mean, is that what you lean on then? Yeah, I mean, I don't make a decision without them knowing, whether it's financially or, you know, anything in that category. So, um, I mean, obviously, it's it's nice. Uh, it is overwhelming just because, like you said, a year ago I was still a college kid or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I got $400 a month in college. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's like, I think, like I said, we all have our teams to help us with that part. Just let yourself splurge when you play well for a while or celebrate a little bit. I know J JT at one point told me I only will buy myself something when I win. So I talked to him and he's like, yeah, there's a pair of suede slippers at this mall nearby, and the moment I win, I'm going and buying those slippers. I don't know if you have the same thought or different thoughts, but do you let yourself splurge? I mean, a little bit, but I'm, I'm not buying suede, but suede slippers. I, mean, that's, I guess that's more of a, I don't know if that's really splurging. I guess that's kind of essential to have a place to live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't really splurged, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Not yet. You bought a truck? Hmm? A truck. A truck. It's still pretty it's, fundamental though. Yeah, I mean, it's, still, it's not like yeah. that. Yeah. Are you yeah. getting more trucks than cars? Way better more a sport car than a truck. Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, you're kind a of a truck. car guy, right, Cam? Yeah, both. Truck guy? Yeah. Both? Yeah. 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 But no, all right, so no big purchases on the horizon. Damn. I already got a feeling that, like, Jim Nance, the moment, like, Cam's on the back nine and, like, it's starting to get a little boring. He's going to start telling people about Cam's trucks because it feels like everybody wants, loves storylines. You know what I mean? Uh, like yeah. All I of a sudden, you come on tour, and it's like, what's his storyline that we can only talk about? I thought you were going to say, say my truck's faster than Sam's. Yeah, That's right. That's all you need to say. <laughs> Don't my truck makes 300 more horsepower Fake than Sam's. 
Is this true? No. No. What trouble you got? Nah, he's lying. <laughs> he knows it. <laughs> he's so bullish right now. You want me to pull up the dino sheets? Yeah. You want to see the 723 horsepower we dino sheet? We can race. <laughs> Tell me when you're ready. This is the best one. Yeah, I'll race yeah. you. Five I, don't, I don't race fair, though. I mean, I may run you off the road or something. There's got to be a place near Sacramento. It's got a little strip open road. No, we just, we just go. So, we just go to the back road in West Texas. I mean, good, old, good old West Texas. Yeah. Get us out there. Joaquin will be there. Yeah. The starter will wave the checkered flag. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's finish with this one. We were looking last week, and I guess... I thought I expect you guys to be a little bit higher in the world golf rankings because I've been following you guys for like months now. We've been shade. trying to figure out this a spot. Shade coming your way. You guys are all about the same, right around like one ten to one thirty or something like that. Excuse me for not knowing, but like that won't be your peak. I'm curious if you think about your peak or where you think you're going in your career, where you think your peak could be if you don't want to assign yourself a peak. Do you think about the future, the ten years down the road, the five years down the road, that kind of yeah. stuff? I, I do for sure. What do you think about? What do you envision specifically for Sam Burns' golf career? I mean, I think if I wasn't trying to get to number one in the world, I'd be doing myself an injustice. Um, you know, I think if we put this many years of work into something, we're not trying to be the best at it. Then why are you even doing it? I mean, I know these guys both want to be number one in the world. Yeah, nodding. Want to be number one in the world? No, I would agree. I mean, that's probably every, that's everyone's goal. I mean. It's obviously it's the biggest goal ever, but as long as it's there and you're trying to strive for it and get better, um, you know, that'll basically take care of everything else, you know, I feel like in my opinion. So, um, you know, like you said, even Brooks was saying, you know, it's you dream about it and it's probably the most diff difficult thing, especially in this time in golf with so many good quality players. It's, I mean, you got to place, you got to, you got to hit, hit your ball and putt it. You got to do everything. So. Um, but again, just to have that goal, it's definitely something to strive for. Joaquin, do you have specific specific goals? Is it that number one? Is it a major championship? Is it best golfer from Chile? Yeah, I mean, I'm always thinking of trying to be the best I can every day. Uh, obviously, if one day I can become number one in the world, that'll be a dream come true. But I'm always trying to go like day by day, try to get better every time. But obviously. It's one of my goals to win as many tournaments as I won, majors, and try to get on top of that ranking. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Of course. That was awesome. Appreciate yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. All right, that was Camp Champ, Sam Birds, Joaquin Neiman, and I guess also Dylan DeCher and myself. Um, that's it for the Golf.com podcast today. Thanks for listening. Only a couple more weeks left of 2018. We will wrap up 2018 in a couple different ways. Stay tuned for those podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock.